public speaking is a skill skill that requires both skill and imagination. The idea is to get caught up in people's own daily talk and their senses. some random talk with them and then uh, I can make my own daily world be relevant to current affairs. So today's topic is especially relevant. Today I'll be talking about sickness. Buddha talked about four kinds of sickness. Meaning there are four sources of sickness. And where does sickness come from? Well, I don't know that it's so much about wondering where sickness comes from as it is about understanding sickness and becoming more familiar and just reflecting on sickness, really. We reflect on sickness It uh, allows us to understand Understand our health better It allows us to Be more in tune and in touch with The causes of suffering The Buddha said, Arogya Paramalaba. Freedom from sickness is the greatest gain. 
So he meant something more by sickness than simply indigestion or a virus. Is clearly being free from being free free from physical sickness isn't sufficient to be considered the greatest gain. So, if we put in perspective, we can categorize all kinds of sickness as the same thing as as the same in the same category can put in the same category all types of sickness. Something that constitutes suffering, causes suffering. Something that disturbs peace, happiness. The four sources of suffering to really give a sense of the whole spectrum of sickness, the four kinds of sickness, four sources of sickness are first of all ahara, food, second utu means the environment. Third, citta, the mind. Fourth, kamma, action. These are the four sources of sickness. Be free from all four of these, this would be the greatest gain indeed. First two are simple, they relate to the physical types of sickness, but they have an importance in the Dhamma as well. Food, for example, to start with food, seems like something mundane, not really spiritual. But food is, is a very important Dhamma, very, very important part of Dhamma practice, a very important Dhamma lesson. Studying food gives us a very good perspective, clear perspective on how the mind works, how the mind clings. Food shows us very clearly, more clearly than, than pretty much anything, because, because it's the one thing that we can't live without. 
food, water, put them together. You know, besides air, let's say food, food. But you see, food is unique because of its diversity and its potential for clinging, unlike water, air. Food is the one thing that we need that has potential to cause craving. So, more than anything else, it shows us clearly, it provides a clear opportunity for us to understand. Understand how the mind works, how the mind clings, how the mind craves, how the mind chooses. Food is, is actually quite simple. It's, it's meant to nourish the body. There's no reason for food to bring us sickness. Why would it? You wouldn't eat something explicitly for the purpose of making you sick, not usually, not normally. And yet, quite normally, we do eat, consume things that make us quite sick. So it might seem banal and, and worldly to talk about things like heart disease or high blood pressure, diabetes, even cancer. And yet all of these are very much related to our food consumption. Not always, but have, have a strong correlation in many cases. Diabetes, we eat too much sugar, too much starch, too much carbohydrates. Heart disease, we eat too much fat, too much whatever. High blood pressure, too much salt. Why would you do such a thing? We see how our choices are, are not rational. How we do things very much against our own benefit. And we make ourselves sick. We see how, how dangerous our minds can be through, through food. In fact, taken to its ultimate conclusion, we come to see that we don't need to eat very much. Much of our food consumption, even though it might not make us sick, might not make us overtly, acutely, physically sick. It still involves sickness. Our desire to be strong, plump. Desire to look handsome, beautiful. Our desire to grow tall. Even our desire for good health 
it becomes a sickness very easily becomes a sickness food the Buddha very much was very often very frequently careful to exhort the monks in moderation in food single it out really just single it out because it is the one thing we need it's so familiar to us we don't realize if you don't if you never tried to practice to be mindful you don't realize how how attached we become Food seems like something you're not really attached to at all for many people. People who have gone hungry sometimes have a sense. But people who are mindful, hungry or not, oh, they can see very clearly. Apart from almost anything, it's the one thing we cling to. It's one of the things. So food, food is an important Dhamma lesson. Try to be mindful when you eat. The second is utu. Utu really encompasses any sickness that comes from the external environment. Could be from radiation. Could be from the sun, which is radiation. Could be from viruses. Could be from bacteria. allergies and this one again you might think not very dumb not very much dumb the, the, the clearest lesson you could give maybe is to be to be mindful of these things you know people who have all allergies can have difficulty practicing it hard to breathe hard to sit still when you have allergies no so with any and with any sickness if you have a cold if you have the flu even if you're dying it often presents a great opportunity to practice to cultivate patience mindfulness objectivity it's a real challenge But there is another lesson, and I think it's a lesson that includes the food, is that our environment and our food is not entirely independent of our Dhamma practice or of our state of mind. I mean, you might say our environment is beyond our control. It really isn't in many ways. where we choose to hang out, where we choose to live our lives, and how our, our environment changes based on how we live our lives. You know, as a society, 
You can see this on the societal level. As a society, we we destroy our environment. So even just the the slaughter and and consumption of animals, all the bacteria and and sickness that has come from that. That's very karmic, very much related to the sickness of killing. Our greed for consumption, how it's polluted the air and the water. The water that we drink, we've, we've poisoned our own drinking water. Can't drink it anymore. Out of greed, nothing but greed. There's no other excuse. There's no other reason. So there's a Dhamma perspective on these as well. The third is citta. And citta is where our real Dhamma practice begins. The main focus of our practice is the healing of the mind. So the mind really can make us very sick. Physically, we might get very angry and our blood pressure spikes from the anger. It can spike because of greed as well. And prolonged exposure to anger or greed, even delusion, I would say. Well, these have... notable, measurable effects on the body. Prolonged exposure, prolonged engagement. Prolonged exposure might be the best way to put it. We think of anger as something we do. In many ways, it's something that happens to us. It's like a sickness. The Buddha called them akantuka. Akantuka means they come, they visit, they 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 invade our minds. They aren't they aren't our minds exactly. They're like afflictions. And so if we're exposed to this affliction or if if we are infected, infected by anger, greed, it grows like bacteria, it spreads like fire, grows like a virus in us. It can have real effects on the body. But that's not the only way that it's a sickness, of course. In fact, the most important 
aspect of how greed and anger are sicknesses is, is, is mental. They lead to mental suffering. They are a mental sickness. They hurt, cause us to hurt other people. They're the cause for so much suffering. Greed, anger, delusion. All conceit and jealousy and arrogance and so on and so on. Real sickness. And here's where we see most clearly that mindfulness is effective. practice mindfulness to cure the sicknesses of the mind. It's very much like an antibiotic or something. We don't have to stop ourselves from getting angry or greedy. All we have to do is take our medicine and it's like a, a cure-all. Why is it a cure-all? Because it's the opposite of reaction all all defilements they're all reactions they are all responses to experience mindfulness is a different type of response it replaces the sickness the, the responses that are unwholesome uh, unpleasant unbeneficial harmful with a neutral response, a response that is harmless, that is peaceful, that is healthy. The fourth sickness is Kamma. Kamma in some ways is just an extrapolation of of mental sickness but it, it is a different category simply because our mental illness doesn't just make us sick as it's happening it can have profound effects on, on our future existences as well because well let's not even talk about future lives but because our sickness Suppose you're very angry. Well, getting angry will will hurt you. Just as you're angry, it's un, it's un, it's painful, and as I said, it can have. We can see that it has prolonged. It has effects if there's prolonged exposure. It can make you really sick and so on. But beyond that, it causes us to do and say things. Right many things we wouldn't say or we'd say differently if we didn't have anger. Sometimes we regret those things. But once they're done, there's no taking them back. Sometimes it's even beyond what we intended. It's one thing to be angry at someone, but if you strike them, you've gone the next step. You've done something beyond just getting angry. You s lash out to speak to someone in anger. You've performed a, a real karma. It's, it's, it's on another level in some ways. 
If you kill, you can't take that back. If you're angry, well, you can't take that back either, but it's not yet of, on the same magnitude. You see, there's something very sort of exceptional about actual acts based on our defilements. Because you see that once you've done it, once you've engaged with the universe, the universe will respond. Killing, stealing, lying, cheating. All of these things have consequences in the universe. They change our universe. They change the way people interact with us. They change the way we live our lives. You know, this, the, the guilt that's, that comes, we have to live with that. And when we pass away, the, there's the idea that our minds, the sickness of the mind will, will affect our future life where we choose to be reborn will be will be affected by our clarity of mind how the fetus develops I was reading about it I think there is something to this idea that in the fetus are there are they call them uh, mutations I think why would mutations occur of course most people would say it's just random or chance or just the way it happens. In Buddhism, we would say there's more to it than that. That the mind is active. And the mind's engagement, obsessions, and attention that the mind pays, just the repeated attention in certain ways, will affect things, can affect the fetus, can lead to great sickness, lifetime sickness. And it's different from mental sickness because some people can be very good people. Some people are very healthy and, and, and wicked, mean, nasty, speaking nasty things, doing nasty things. Other people are quite nice and yet suffer from debilitating illnesses that you might think are based on karma. And yet they are generally nice people. Mental illness. Mental illness can hurt you, but it can also cause you to do things that have a far greater lasting effect. Be reborn in a place that doesn't allow you to develop spiritually or in a body that makes it difficult, and so on. So, some thoughts on sickness. Again, just random teachings. Just pick something every morning, maybe something someone said to me will inspire a teaching. Thank you all for listening. Have a good day.